Welcome to The Weekly. I'm Jeremy. I'm Chris. And this week on The Weekly, day 10, Kyle Brink, resignation watch. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hashtag resign Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> so 10 days after he said, you know, guys like me shouldn't be in this business. He's and still I, there. Yeah, he's still there. Yeah. <laughs> he's, still, he's still collecting a paycheck. Well, actions speak louder than words, Kyle. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And the other things we're going to talk about are... Uh, Roll uh, is going mobile, so a mobile app for Roll VTT, although okay. they don't like to be called a VTT. Okay. Uh, Demiplane's uh, Nexus for Indy 5e. Okay. Uh, Black Flag uh, Playtest 1 has uh -huh. come out. Uh, Broken Weave, we mentioned that before, but yep. I think we talk about it a little bit more. It's, there's some interesting, yeah, interesting details. And Tales from the Loop is getting a new expansion. Oh, okay. And this time in England. So everything is over in England now. The uh, uh, most recent Vaison was mm -hmm. England. So yeah, they keep... Uh, Basing stuff. I think they've got some connections with some good writers oh, <laughs> in England, so they're getting some uh, some good stuff going. All right, so let's start with Roll. So actually, I have some experience now. Hmm. When I was first speaking about this, I didn't have any experience, and their website is not a great representation of what the actual platform is like. Okay. The, the website's a little too over-designed and, you know, neon pink and purple, and like, hmm. okay, let's uh, give me some useful information here. But... Um, but it's actually a very nice, um, okay, it's not a virtual tabletop. It's an integrated tabletop play experience. I wonder what their <laughs> their problem with calling it a virtual tabletop is. I don't know. Maybe there's some features that they know they're they're never going to add. I mean, they have webcams. And mm -hmm. so I, I don't know. I don't know what the thing is that they don't want to add that will change that. And I think what, they're, what they want it to be is um, a device at the table as well as remotely. Okay. So calling it a VTT maybe implies only online play. Where okay. some people okay. do, you know, when they're together, use a VTT as right. their like digital map and everything. Right. Hmm. But uh, yes, so um, they are—they've just announced that they are going uh, going mobile. So now all mobile devices, tablets and uh, phones, yes, will have a uh, a mobile option. And they designed uh, first. They wanted to, of course, get the website and you know, get the the web hmm. version worked out. But now they they want every every device, every uh, platform for this to be usable. So they're trying to create a seamless game room support across uh, smartphones, tablets, desktops, and more. Hmm. So things like uh, immersive room uh, theming, custom audio support, colored dice, and uh, improvement to the video hmm. are coming uh, our way. And uh, right now, they, they already have um, a lot. It's grown. Their library has grown considerably. Uh, some of the, the standout uh, RPGs that are on their platform uh, specifically are Masks, The Next Generation, right. uh, Lancer, Mortberg. Uh, Dune, uh, Adventures in the Imperium, and many, many more. And they're also working on their own game, actually. Okay. Chrome, a cyberpunk RPG based on the Panic Engine. So they are gamers themselves, which oh, is okay. good. And uh, unfortunately, their game is probably going to have a huge advantage <laughs> because it may be specifically, you know, the design of that, um, of those options, those templates is going to be pretty amazing. I'm well, sure. I'm sure. But I mean, okay, I guess tangentially what I was thinking is like, okay, in a little indie design sphere, I kind of on the fringe of people talk about like you know designing for mobile apps and the one pdf i saw was like like this just like huge long thing mm -hmm. that was perfect for scrolling mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and so designing your product to fit the platform it's going to be on is just a smart idea yeah so yeah. like i'm sure right it's it's their game it's their platform there's going to be a advantage there but designing things for VTTs or not VTTs, right? <laughs> designing things for online play. Like that's just 
good sense, mm-hmm. right? And it's going to take a while, not a while, but you know, people are going to have to adapt. And if this becomes popular, then maybe more people will design specifically for it mm-hmm. rather than kind of retrofit stuff to fit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's always terrible to see when you're, you've got something that's a mobile app that you, you know it's obviously just going to a website mm. that was designed to be a website and it's barely working on your phone and things aren't sized correctly. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's good when things are specifically designed for mobile. So uh, Ellie Dwight, the CEO at Roll, uh, was talking about what uh, what they already have now and uh, about 10,000 unique game templates uh, mm. that you can use you know, just for any kind of uh, right. experience you want. Yeah. And it works really well for both um, uh, you know, strategic me- measured map uh, gameplay as well like as Lancer. just theater of the mind. Yeah, as well as theater of the mind. Like masks. Yeah. Yes, yeah, right. So they did a, a really good job with that. So um, they have, of course, uh, te- text chat and dice logs and all those good things that VTT have, VTTs have. But this isn't a VTT. Right. Uh, and a per- persistent chat log that you can keep referring back to. So through all devices mm. and everything, through your whole session, you can go mm. back and check okay. what everyone's doing. And what is the best thing about this? Not VTT is it's still early access, so it's a 100% free. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's still changing. And sometimes you have to relearn and find where things are mm. as they add new features because they're kind of moving things around. But all the improvements that they've made so far have been improvements. It's not been like, oh, this is going to be difficult. It's always been right. more ease of use, uh, you know, better better designs mm. and uh, more convenient. Because what they'll do is when you're rolling, because we're playing Forbidden Lands mm. on it, so we're rolling D- D6 di- dice pools, and we want to be able to see the spread of all of the results and the total is not important right you also uh, want to see like colors and stuff, right right right, yeah. right and so uh yeah and, and what's really nice is it'll put it in order and it'll break it between you know the the stat the mm. skill and the gear uh so yeah um it's it's already uh working well uh, nice. in that way yeah so so yeah it's a, it's a very uh very flexible very good uh not tabletop <laughs> no not vtt yeah <laughs> but um they're already working on uh, custom card decks which would be useful because we're using a d10 instead of initiative cards oh right okay which uh year zero engine is always kind of drawing initiative cards right. in, so you can trade them around and stuff a little bit easier uh better tabletop maps and whiteboarding so all that good stuff is coming up. Um, yeah, so uh, it's, it's worth checking out. If you're so after the death of Astral, I was mm. really um, looking for something, and this is I think the closest thing, the closest um, equivalent to um, the types of things that you could do uh, with with Astral, and it's getting more and more support, and it's got some nice flexibility in the um, character sheets and stuff. It's um, there's a, there's a lot of options there and a lot of things uh, that you can do, and I imagine it's only going to be more and more mm. as more games are. Uh, Moved over there, so it's um because I'm just setting up now um, Foundry for uh, Veasan, mm. and Ooh. yeah, so when you use the the pre-built free league packages, it's smooth as butter. Mm. But if you need to do stuff yourself, it's like editing a um uh editing one of those uh, WordPress websites. It's like going in and like you know in, right. and finding the path for, for every file and loading everything in one at a time. There's not. I'm sure there are batch ways to do it, Ooh. but for me, I'm just like, oh, this is brutal. <laughs> if I want to change anything, it's pretty rough. Uh, so that's a little bit slow. So this is more. Um, this is more intuitive. The thing I really loved about uh, Astral it was just total drag and drop. So right. even in live sessions, you can just be throwing things on the desktop. Sometimes they loaded very slowly, but um, that was just because it was it was being twilighted. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I would recommend if you're looking for something, and now that they have mobile, I definitely want to check out mm. the the mobile option on this to see how the experience changes and how how they deal with the menus and things because they do a lot of good hiding menus. Um, oh, okay, and uh, so uh, that should work well with mobile. 
So that's it. Yeah. So roll to play roll, uh, R O L E dot com is their website. So roll is, yeah, it's a difficult search. So they had to do yeah. a difficult hashtag. So they did play roll. Yeah. Thanks a and, lot, Crit Earth. Yeah. Right. And it's not a VTT. <laughs> and moving on to other digital, not VTTs, <laughs> Demiplane uh, is talking about their digital uh, tool set now for 5e, but not the world's greatest role playing game for um, independent tabletop RPG publishers that are using uh, the 5e system. So they want to develop uh, tools to support games that aren't Dungeons and Dragons. I'm sorry, what the <laughs> fuck is the distinction? Yeah, so so we have we have no intent to be partnered with Wizards of the Coast. So anyone that's going to develop a game using the SRD, it, it's not going to be, it's not D&D, and uh, Demiplane wants to support it. So we talked about uh, Demiplane in the past with their mm. Nexus uh, system for uh, Pathfinder. So they've supported the digital tool sets for Pathfinder, which was kind of the, uh, they, uh, it sounded like, the end of the year before last, that last year they were ramping up to compete with um, D&D Beyond right. as, a, as a digital tool set. And now, you know, things have, got, things have gotten a little bit crazier. So, um, uh, so they're working on a new set of tools to ease the burden of playing uh, RPGs online. And, um, but they don't want to... Uh, so originally, um, uh, the, the tool set trades on the Wizards of the Coast name recognition for a sh- to, but to shine a light on independent publishers. So chief developer... As long as those independent publishers are using 5e. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I don't understand this. Sorry. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Adam Bradford announced that uh, uh, they will, uh, yeah, that they will be supporting uh, the, yeah, the, so the system reference document uh, 5.1. So anything developed for that, um, they are going to be supporting on this platform. Yeah, so it is an interesting move, I guess, because they they aren't ever going to be able to support D and D because that's already it's going to be its own thing. Yep. So they're trying to get everything in the periphery to say, yeah, we're 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 here for you. So if you need a digital tool set, that's what we're doing. Hmm. So um, that's, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Like I didn't read that article, but that seems kind of weird, mm-hmm. right? Like I guess you had to do it, right? Mm. Because okay, D and D is still like the world's according to them world's most popular role playing game. Mm-hmm. We can't partner with them. Like we can't do anything with them. They're going to be D and D Beyond, right? So, let's make sure we're compatible with Five E, but not use Five E, right? Right, like, I, right. I, what are you doing here, right? <laughs> right, like, right. I have to wonder if, okay, if people who play D and D Five E, but are still on D and D Beyond, right? Like, okay. I'm sure there are some people who will play D&D online, but don't want to use D&D Beyond, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. guess. I have to imagine uh-huh. that number or percentage is fairly small, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're the kind of person who goes, yeah, well, Watsy, you're not going to play D&D at all, right? <laughs> right. Or yeah. you're going to like do something. <laughs> I don't know. It seems really weird to me that you'd go, yep, we're not going to play D&D. We're going to play the 5e SRD mm-hmm. and not on D&D Beyond on this other thing that's kind of the same. <laughs> right. I don't know. I'm mean, like, if you, if you, sure, you have to go where the money is. And if mm-hmm. you really wanted to like differentiate yourself, you'd be like, nope, we're not using it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. This kind of sounds like corporate speak of something they had to do to still get as many people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah on their platform on their platform yeah, without yeah. using D&D. I don't know. It's mm. it's weird. No it is and it might just be this this move they felt they should make until things shake out because we mm. haven't seen what one D&D's digital platform looks like and if they really screw it up 
and these guys are already in place to say, oh, yeah, that's unusable. Look at this digital right. tool set we have. That may be, you know, they're just trying to fill in the blanks. Oh, and maybe. Not knowing, not knowing how things are going to shake out because no, nobody knows. And this right. is, I can't even imagine the pressure. I mean, I'm sure they're not feeling it, but um, uh, occasionally they're probably told <laughs> when there's a, uh, earnings reports and things that uh, the pressure on the developers for this digital platform has to be pretty tremendous because if it fails in D&D, the whole thing is going to be in danger. I, I guess so if they're, yeah. if they're kind of really pushing digital. And, right, and, right. Yeah. Yeah, because if they can't figure out how to make money from books and they have warehouses full of unsold books and then they're like, oh, it's okay. We'll just get everybody on digital and it doesn't work. You know, you can't bill people. You can't, people can't play. There's connectivity. I mean, there's there's, code in the book, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, so, but Nexus is there to, uh, to, to pick you up (laughs) if Wizards fails yet again. Wizards boffs its levitation (laughs) spell casting. Right. And, uh, and speaking of, replacing D&D 5e with things uh the the first uh playtest packet for uh, Black Flag from Cobalt Press came out so I'll put a link to that in the description um people are very positive on the Cobalt website but they might curate their comments on sure. one of the other places where they posted the notification there's some really people were just like what the hell is this a playtest should be this this and this and you know because great do it yourself then, <laughs> right, right? Yeah. where's your playtest jackass <laughs> right they're releasing it in uh, and uh, yeah it definitely sounds like kids from the video game world because that's the first thing they cite when you playtest a video game you know you do this this and this and um so th- these these are not compatible industries mm, no. <laughs> they're not the same thing at all um but i was surprised at kind of how just calm down folks um they were about this first little piece of a playtest, and it is really a first little part of character creation okay so just kind of you know showing you how they're changing terms and how they want to present things so the um uh, so your packet one, and they're calling it. It's everything cited in brackets. Core fantasy role playing because it. Yeah, the the black. I think black flag. Yeah, I think black flag is maybe just the, uh, the the play test name, and they may be changing it. Oh, maybe, okay. So okay. it's like project black flag. Right, right. So they may actually change it to something. So everything is in brackets to be replaced eventually. I guess so like a placeholder of oh. core <laughs> core fantasy role playing, and um. So what we've gotten introduced to uh, so far is that they're going to go with. Uh, heritage uh, instead of um, race and sub race like uh, original five uh, mm-hmm. e, they're going with um, heritage uh, and sub heritage. Uh, <laughs> no, I totally lost it. Um, heritage and it's not background. Oh, where did it go? Um, but it it works. I think it, it works well. It sounds very fantasy themed, and it's not species. I think species was a really bad choice. Heritage and kin. Heritage. And yeah, something like that. Ah, uh, where is it? Ba-ba-bum. It didn't show up on my. Uh, yeah, I didn't copy the whole play test doc, but just the um, the things that they changed. And they said that you know if you already have these characters, uh, if you already have characters in Five E, that they actually um, if you just rolled a character in Five E, hmm. the, there's only like one major difference so far in that original character creation. Hmm. Um, but yeah, this this only takes you up through. So we haven't gotten to jobs or uh, classes or anything yet. We're just uh, so it's only elf, dwarf, human, and then there's. Um, uh, in, in within each of those, there's two, um, whatever it's backgrounds. There's, there's two like, whatever is yeah, human two, as well. Two, two sub, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yes, yeah. It's um, it's kind of like city and nomadic humans. Okay, and then uh, dwarves are like, of course, like uh, stone and hill. Stone, yeah, stone and hill, and, and uh, elves are wood and God knows, yeah, what <laughs> floating, yeah. <laughs> floating yeah, city. Okay, I'm gonna have to go look at this because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like not to get into it, but you open up a real can of worms. Mm-hmm. When you try to 
classify different types of human. Oh, right, right, right. right. Unless it's <laughs> well, they yeah. right. Unless it's completely about culture. <laughs> right, right, right. So I would be curious to see what kind of bonuses or penalties or how are they differentiate. Oh, yeah, yeah. If because as soon as you mm. get into stuff that could be biological, mm -mm, right, you've right. you're you've kicked the hornet's nest. If it's purely cultural, which are purely skills, then mm -hmm. okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it's, sorry, it's uh, lineage and heritage. Lineage and yeah, heritage. Yeah, so, okay. lin so lineage is the race and, right. and uh, heritage is the subrace. Culture. Yeah, 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 culture, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I think that, that sounds nice. I mean, that sounds, those are uh, those are much better terms for fantasy. It, it just depends on how mechanically they right. use them, but I think they sound nice um, within the rules. And also the um, the uh, heritages of the uh, the different lineages had yeah. nice names. They, they were named well and didn't sound... You could see what they were referencing, but they sounded a little fresher and a little uh, original. Okay. So they weren't buried in that. I'm uh, going to have to go look thing. at this then. Yeah, and they also posted on their blog, uh, the Cobalt Press uh, blog, uh, kind of playtesting tips and um, basically emphasized, um, you know, please be considerate, be appropriate, be useful, and be focused because mm -hmm. we really want this to, you know, right. we want this to be good. And they went through and kind of defined... What oh, those nice. things were. Nice. It's, it's helpful that they went through and defined them rather than just kind of leaving them. Yeah, yeah, right. Just, Here's exactly yeah. what we want. Right, right. Yeah, this, this is what we're, what we're talking about. Yeah, so uh, I'm curious how much support this is going to get and how this will turn out and if it will feel, you know, close enough but different enough that, you know, you might get people, you know, moving over or just kind of abandoning. If mm -hmm. this is a an easy step, that's right. got to be because it's got to be. You know, close to the, the stone has to be close enough that it you can you know not going to fall in the water, but you don't want it to be like I, I could have just stayed, stayed here. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if okay, the way that the OSR has a whole bunch of loosely compatible and generally the same kind of systems, except for each person who's put their own little spin or a little difference on them, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I look at OSR stuff and I'm like, why? Yeah, right? Like this right. could this. this you didn't need to this whole new rule set you just could have made this an adventure right or like a background thing or some kind of setting right i wonder if the srd the 5e srd becoming creative commons and this huge misstep by wizard is this going to spawn like a 5e glut mm, right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i know that's a negative word but like all these people it seems like a bunch of publishers are going to go it's D D. Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah, D&D, but not. Class, race, <laughs> level, D20, six mm -hmm. ability scores, everything you know and love in D&D, just not. Right. right. We did this awesome find and replace on the SRD. Yeah, really. That's <laughs> You're going to be all, really impressed. Yeah, that's all that, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but there's got to be, we were talking about Oathmark, right? And mm -hmm. like, okay, like I've said before, reading Oathmark, I was like, okay, it's a rank and flank fantasy game, right? Then we, you got to the kingdom build, and I was like, and this is what's different. Mm -hmm, this is what mm -hmm. makes it stand out, right? Right, right. So it doesn't even, I guess it wouldn't even really have to be something mechanical for the 5e boom, right? Mm -hmm. It could be like, it's basically 5e, but we've got this awesome setting. Right, right. right. Or it could be, it's 5e, except for this thing that has a whole bunch of domino effects that makes the game feel completely mm, different, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think you need something yeah. To differentiate yourself. Right? Well, speaking of differentiating Ooh. yourself, and if you wanted to play a game where you were basically destroying 5e, you're basically destroying the Forgotten Realms, or Ooh, you're living—I'm interested—you're living in a post-apocalypse. Broken Weave has oh. you covered. Yeah. So the new Cubicle Seven game that we mentioned, I think, uh, previously, mm. um, is going to use the, the 5e system, but it's corrupted 5e, and the setting—it's—it's it's kind of the, the fall, the the death of the gods, the world is ending. And or the world has ended, and you're so they 
this is something that we kind of talked about as well. So not only is it kind of post-apocalyptic 5e, but it's also eliminating the um, colonialism or anything mm-hmm. out of the fantasy setting because you're going back in the past to just retrieve anything of value, but the past is dead, you know, basically um everything everything is collapsed and so you're not going into um you know living civilizations right. and robbing them and subjugating them and because they're not human or they're not you know they're not uh like you you're actually uh trying to rescue uh what was good about the past and what uh, what should live and uh the the other interesting thing that they did in um broken weave is it has a specific corruption mechanic and each race kind of corrupts in a different way each of the uh okay. the kin or the the lineages <laughs> or whatever you want to call them and so they're um the inspiration for uh broken weave uh, they cite as uh, dark souls elden ring shadows of the colossus annihilation and the dark tower is the does that mean the Stephen King book series, or does I'm, that mean I'm, the board game? <laughs> I'm guessing the Stephen King dark series. Yeah, I guess and yo, so. man, if we ever play this game and someone's intestines start start spinning around, I'm fucking out, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, but um, yeah. So I was I was surprised. Um, I, I think this has been done before. We talked about a few years ago an Italian five E run RPG that was all basically you're paying, playing your characters in the afterworld, like in right. the, in the in the uh, you're all revenants basically of your of what would have been your D and D characters, but um. Yeah, so 5e post-apocalyptic tragic fantasy. Uh, the gods are dead. The world is being reshaped by decay and hope is fleeting, uh, though not extinguished. Uh, so with new mechanics for hope, decay, and keeping your community together, harvesting monsters and more. This is the dark side of fantasy. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to have to go look at this because that sounds interesting. It opens up other pitfalls. Yeah, you're right. Right? Yeah, you like, can't. Okay, yeah, you're yeah. going back in the past to retrieve things of value. Who gets to decide what's valuable, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's potential for a problem there. And I'm not specifically looking to nitpick, but I remember when I was talking about uh, Iron Sworn before, right? Like the Iron Sworn setting is pretty cool. It's very minimalist. You get you basically answer these questions in kind of a checklist, and that sets your setting for you. Mm-hmm. One of the questions is like, were elves and dwarves or were people already here when you arrived or was the land completely empty uh-huh. right and i didn't realize it at the time but someone pointed out that like both of those are kind of problematic because one can turn into like colonialism and the other is eminent domain right <laughs> kind right. of like the idea or maybe yeah. i got that term wrong but it's like we we, we have a right to this land because right. it's empty right mm-hmm. so that could possibly be another pitfall of broken weave where it's like okay everything's dead Everything's gone. We, we can't interrupt, you know, living civilizations, mm-hmm. but that gives us the God-given right to go and plunder it. And, and, and <laughs> but the like, gods are dead. Yeah, no, I, I, I get you. So I'm not saying it <laughs> has that. I'm just saying right. it's something you might have to explore. And I would be curious mm-hmm. to see how the designers explored that or if they just kind of yeah right yeah i I wonder and and using uh hope as a mechanic is interesting as well yeah i wonder um if does that really feel i mean i understand that the choosing Mm. that term but does that really oppose decay (laughs) (laughs) or i would again i'd be curious to see the mechanics is it just another like hit point pool oh minus two hope oh minus five hope right (laughs) I don't know. I really hope I don't <laughs> decay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. But I, I was I was surprised because we we had mentioned this, and this was um, uh, uh, one of the because mm. Cubicle Seven has a lot of licensed titles, right. and this was one of their original right. original things that um, I thought needed some attention. It was also what is going to also this Kickstarter campaign is revealing their C seven D twenty system. Yeah, yeah. So, 
that's coming too. Right. <laughs> Lots of D20 systems mm. to choose from. But if you want to get away from all that pesky yes. D20 and into wonderful D6 die pools in the uh, the Year Zero engine, um, an expansion, a new expansion for uh, Free League's uh, Tales from the Loop is coming. So it's a basically a, a campaign book that will give you uh, adventures, uh, you know, a, a string of adventures. Mm. Um, and the, the collection is called They Grow Up So Fast. Mm. And I think the second one, which I'm totally blanking on, after the flood, or so they aged up your characters right. in that story. So I'm not sure if what they're going to do because this is a totally different setting. Mm. But in the the previous uh, campaign book, they aged your characters up a bit, so you had the you know experience of whatever whatever you did before, and took the uh, characters a little bit older. So I'm not sure if that's if this continues or if actually this is for maybe new characters right. and yeah. Because it is a completely different setting. And like I said, it's a, a UK uh, setting. And um, what they are doing, as, as Free League usually does, if you pre-order the physical book, you get the PDF mm. right away. So the PDF is finished. The book is at the printers. And uh, it will be available August for $31 US. That's not bad. Yeah. So uh, and, and they'll handle all their PDFs through uh, drive through So you right. get a, a drive through link. But uh, yeah, it sounds like um, uh, the... Um, yeah, there'll, there'll be uh, abilities. Uh, you like change things up in uh, in what. So I guess that there's something different in the approach, mm, and maybe. Okay. Um, but it is all based around a, um, of course, a, a British loop. You know, mm. there's a, there is a loop, and so another company, <laughs> another mysterious company that has buried <laughs> a particle accelerator under the ground, and all hell has broken loose. So yeah, I was excited to see that. I was wondering if they were going to keep supporting, and I guess because you know, Stranger Things hasn't gone away, like the the kids on bikes thing hasn't gone away. So it's good did, that they're still. Did Tales from the Loop predate Stranger Things? It was real, real close. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, the book, the book did. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah the, the book, book that it was based on the art book. Yeah, yeah right. But I'm not sure um, if the actual release of the game, it probably was pretty close. And it seemed to all be happening at the same time. Mm. So I think Stranger, I think because they did reference, I think they referenced Stranger Things in the marketing, but I don't know if that was like Kickstarter marketing right. or whatever. Right. That might have been retail, like once it came to retail, because it was, it was Kickstarted. So it had that, you know, couple year lag. Mm. Uh, or at least a year to get produced, but um, yeah, the, it was just all that momentum kind of uh, carried it. The the nostalgia for Goonies and mm. you know <laughs> and ET, and then uh, uh, seeing uh, uh, Stranger Things being produced, I think definitely helped it. The um, if you haven't watched the, I think it's an Amazon series. The Tales from the Loop Amazon series is very fascinating. It's it's well done. It wasn't anything that I expected because I was thinking it was going to be very you know, kids on bikes based mm -hmm. and like, oh God, some more annoying kid actors and they're going to try to do stranger things, but they didn't. They okay. totally took it away and, and made it like have some really weird time. And um, it was, it was like a really good, like what, eight hour episode of uh, uh, Twilight Zone. Okay. Like it was really executed well, but in an interesting way, cause it was timeless. Like, I don't know where the heck this is. They're speaking English, but I, mm. have, I have no idea what country this is. I have no idea what time it is. Because oh, right. Okay. People look like they're dressed with like the sixties, but you know, or like maybe, um, you know, late sixties, early seventies, but I have no idea what mm. country we're even in. Cause it looked Scandinavia, but it wasn't. So um, they did a really good job of kind of like removing any kind of context and making a really unusual uh, huh. story. But I liked it. And Jonathan Price was in it, so you can't can't go wrong. <laughs> All right. So I think that's going to do it. The, the one thing that came in late, the one thing. Oh, sorry. Uh, details. Sorry. Details about hmm. um, uh, what's going to be included. That's the thing I always miss. So they grew up so fast will include a four-part campaign taking place in the UK loop of Norfolk Broads. 
uh, extensive information about the Norfolk Broads Loop and the areas surrounding it, so probably a, a nice mm -hmm. map like they did with Scandinavia. Uh, tips on how to set the campaign either in your Swedish or U.S. loops if you're already kind right, of okay. you know, in a uh, – they'll, they'll, you can still play this in the setting that you've, you're already established. And news tales from the loop uh, art, maps, and handouts. Mm, cool. So there we go. And, and if it's free league, we know it's going to be nice mm. quality. So the uh, the last thing, another another little bit of uh, free league, they did officially uh, announce the release of the license for Year Zero and Dragonbane. Oh, okay. So nice. we can talk about that a little bit more, uh, yeah, next week in nice. depth. But uh, yeah, I got the email like you know after midnight. Yeah, yeah. This isn't going into the, po <laughs> into the podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we mentioned those were coming, and so now they are here. So you'll be able to um to take a look at uh, how how they handled it, and I'm I'm hoping, and that that's kind of wanted. I want to talk about it after if I have mm, a minute to, to right. see what they did, see if they made any of the same weird mistakes where it's like, we're actually going to own all this. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think uh, free league is much smarter than that. And they, and everyone knows now what no third party developer wants to see. Right. Well, also <laughs> like, okay, like I know, okay. Free league is kind of what, like I'm going to say like second tier, probably along with like evil hat and mm. cobalt press and, and Paizo. So maybe even smaller, like, I don't know if they are a publicly traded company with shareholders, right? Right. So if they're not, they have the ability to say, okay, we don't really need to make money off of this apart from people saying that third party thing was cool. Let me go check out mm. the actual free league stuff. Right, right. Right. So I would hope they didn't go. Yeah. We own everything. You make, right? Yeah. Their, their workshop, they already have a free league workshop and um, they give you really nice templates and are really, I, I think um, it's similar to like the Morkborg thing. It's like, yeah, just, Put it out there and here's a little logo you can't right. use our logos but here's a little logo that says it's compatible and put it on the workshop so everyone can find it mm. in the if they're playing this game here's more supporting right. you know uh, something content. probably something along the lines of you can't imply that we endorse this at all and like you right. said you can't use our logo but here's a, a compatible logo you can use and yeah mm -hmm. there's probably a few things like okay we'll reserve the right to take down anything that's completely heinous right right, right. yeah yeah and, and with the their example of the mark Bjorg, uh uh third-party stuff i mean there's thousands yeah, there's yeah. literally thousands so when you give people a, an easy uh, friendly license they're going to use it mm. and you're going to see a huge community grow up around a game and more park is a tiny game it's yep. a very rules light tiny game and it's tiny got, and bright yeah, <laughs> very bright and it has you know so many people actively developing for it so that's a yeah that's something to to keep in mind and in, in case you want to dig your claws in and take mm. a 50 percent uh yeah cut yeah. of what people are doing i have to think that they would not be as many third party stuff from Yorkborg if they said great we own your stuff and yeah, we're taking right, a 50 percent right. cut no just like okay cool make something with it yeah. yes you're just cursed forever, and you know if you if you develop content for this, you're you're cursed mm. to, to die, <laughs> screaming in hell, dark metal style. But yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, okay, so that'll do it for this week. So cool. where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter, as always. I suppose Instagram too. That's Hivemind H Y V E M Y N D, where it's pixel art stuff and complaining about people who squish you onto the elevator. <laughs> what is it about Japan and people thinking of the, that space will open up if they back in? Yes. Right? Yeah, right. right. Back right? in. Or hold the, the top yeah. of the, the door. Push. Push. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, this kid, like, the elevator was empty. There was no one else on it except <laughs> uh -huh. me. And the woman still goes, like, all the way in. And I'm like, 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> so if you want to get more of that, nice. yeah, you know where to follow me. <laughs> How about you? Excellent. And I'm still doing my single panel gag cartoon, um, abuse cartoons on YouTube and uh, Twitch. And you can watch me draw it and watch me eat Japanese snacks and talk all kinds of nonsense. And uh, yeah, so that's a live stream every it's it's wednesday nights now north american time because my tuesdays have been overrun so mm. i do it on thursday but you get it in the <laughs> earlier <past>. yeah, <laughs> yeah whoa. It, this early access yeah. you guys are getting and uh yeah so um abusecartoons.com is the website for that and if you'd like to support what we're doing here uh please visit upturntable.com that's where you can find everything that we're working on and uh upturn table is uh on all social media mm -hmm. So YouTube and or yeah yeah so YouTube Twitch, and then uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram, and if you'd like to support what we're doing, uh, please consider becoming a patron. So Patreon.com/slash Upturn Table and become a weakling. Yes, the strongest of all supporters. That's with a double E. <laughs> double e <laughs> and, uh, yes, and uh, let us know what you'd like to see more of or less of on the cast, and uh, you just just have a lot of input and a lot of direct access to what we're doing. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for joining Ooh. us. We'll do this again next week. Yep. Later, mortals. Goodbye.